While living in central Texas, one of my oldest friends did the unthinkable and visited me all the way from Toronto, Ontario, Canada to try out my crazy lifestyle. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you, Patrick Doring. <coughs> Do you want me to wait to crack this? I'm rolling, so if you want to... Oh, we're rolling. Aye. So we should preface this by saying that we're outside, we're lakeside at Medina Lake. Yes, we are. We got a we got a cooler of beer here. We do. And we're just gonna like, you know, hang out and kinda just 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 chat. I've never done one of these before, so You're the only one catching the wind. Make, might get you to pivot a little more, Pat. I can pivot. You might have to face away from me. <laughs> Is this a podcast? I like that. Outdoor podcast. Outdoor podcast, I like that. Yeah, the elements. There we go. How's that? That's better. That Don't look at good? me. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. We have to preface here and explain who you are and what you're doing here. So, first of all, who are you and what are you doing here? My name is Pat Doring, and I came to visit you, Reggie, and your traveling partner, Eileen. I just came to uh, escape the winter uh, in Burlington, Ontario, where I live which is close to Toronto, and I hadn't been on a vacation in almost four years. I hadn't been on a plane in four years, so... Originally we were going to be in California, but then the fires and the mudslide and the... I don't know if that um, tsunami ever came, but there was a lot of weather problems. So you guys said you'd be in Texas, and I said anywhere that's warmer than home I'd like to go. First question, I'll make it as broad as possible. How was your time in Lake Hills, bracket San Antonio? It's very just. What's that? The perils of shooting outside. Some extremely strange Texas bug just landed on my knee. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm a little shook. Sorry, well, Pat. It's okay. You almost jumped up. Yeah, I, I did almost. I'm so. I'm very conscious of my feet right now too. I'm picturing some like weird, weird bug climbing on my feet. Yes, I have been told about the spiders and such. Haven't seen one yet, but. Well, there's maybe a jump off point. Let's start there then. You know what? Let's take that big sweeping question. Yeah, off that the was table. a big, that was too big of let's, a question. Let's start at um, the first, very first night you got here. We picked you up from the San Antonio International Airport. We drove you back. We gave you kind of a sweeping warning some of the potential hazards of the camp, and all of them were snakes and spiders. Uh huh. So, I'm, I don't, like, I've slept in the outdoors. I used to be into camp and. I've tented out and whatever, slept outside. But uh, sleeping in a trailer, it was my first time sleeping in a trailer. <laughs> and you guys kind of freaked me out a bit because you said that there are black widow spiders and these recluse spiders that can like basically like burn you or whatever if you get Yeah, both them. both like, of which are true. I think a, I think a, in a bad circumstance a black widow can kill you and a brown recluse will melt your skin. Right. So And the, this is true. These are here. It's not the So yeah, they they told me this before and I was like, oh, "Okay. Well, at least the trailer will be safe, you know, like you guys have said you hadn't really seen one in there." So I went to bed that first night and uh, <laughs> one of the cool things about having a trailer from 1970 is that there's some idiosyncrasies that happen and that night I went to bed and you know it was a little cool at night which is fine nice to sleep in but I woke up after a few hours and I was really cold (laughs) I was like there's got to be a window open or something so you never want to get out of bed you just want to stay cocooned in your blankets but I was like something's wrong so I'm gonna get out of my cocoon and I did, and I realized that uh, the door to your trailer had swung wide open, even though I had locked it, but 
apparently you have to lift up and hear a click for it to actually lock, which I didn't know. So it was wide open. And immediately my mind went to recluse spiders and black widow spiders. So I, I didn't have the greatest first sleep. Uh, <laughs> I searched the trailer and luckily didn't find any eight-legged friends. And that was night number one. So a little bit of a shaky start maybe. So priceless to me that, and the, it's so funny because Eileen and I are used to sleeping in 50 year old trailers with all their issues and we know all their nooks and crannies and how to make things work. So to think of us sleeping calmly in Eileen's trailer and you having this horrible traumatic experience on your first night is quite funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it was like, I've been to Africa and places where there's been potential deadly animals, but I never came across any. But the story that, that you guys told me right before bed when you said, yeah, those, like, at night, if you have to go pee, like, just f f flash your light on the ground. Because last year, the ground was covered in recluse spiders. Wolf spiders, wolf spiders. Oh, sorry, wolf spiders, yeah. which, so... <laughs> They'll still, they bite and they hurt, but they won't melt your skin. Yeah, so I immediately <laughs> was like, oh my god, there has to be these wolf spiders in this trailer. But luckily there wasn't, so that was the start of it. You come from a very different world. You come from my world. I guess we should actually just mention our backstory quickly before we get back into Texas. You and I went to high school together in Burlington, Ontario, which is a suburb of Toronto. Mm -hmm. So God, how long have we known each other now? Since 99, I would say. Almost 20, almost 20 years. That does make it easy to do the math, doesn't it? Yeah. And you and I grew up in a suburb of Toronto, like I mentioned, one of the richest cities in the entire country. What I'm trying to do here is paint a picture of how not this lifestyle we grew up in. And that's something I like to, I would like people to know because I'm as much a fish out of water as most of the people who look at any of my content. Mm -hmm. So what can you say about our growing up and how it differs from what, how, because, and I also think it's important that you're doing this with me because you're an iconoclast like I am, like you live different. You didn't give, not that it's giving into, but you don't live the typical Burlington lifestyle. No, like growing up, I grew up very fortunate and, you know, I got provided an amazing house. I got three older siblings. My parents, my mom was a teacher. My dad worked in a marketing firm and worked his way up. Money was always there, opportunities, travel, all these things. I, I was very fortunate to get all those growing up. Played a lot of sports, was part of clubs. And as you get older and you get into the, the Burlington, basically what's supposed to happen is that, you know, you're supposed to find someone to settle down with. You're supposed to buy a house and you're supposed to have a steady job. Well, I bought a house when I was 30 and I just sold it in November. I've been in several serious relationships that didn't work out. And I kind of always felt like guilty about my upbringing, just that I was, it was an affluent and kind of we had everything we could. So the last kind of 10 years, I dedicated myself to working for not-for-profits so I could see like the other side of the spectrum. So like I worked for Children's Aid, which Americans like Child Protective Services. And then I worked for the YMCA with at-risk youth. And then lastly, I just uh, worked in like a developmentally disabled field where I was a manager of a group home with adults with like severe behavioral issues. So 10 years of that, uh, I always kind of did that just to make myself feel better. But after 
the last year, which was really hard for me, I realized that I'd, I wasn't really doing it for myself. I was kind of like, oh, this will make me look good. And, you know, this will make me, people be like, oh, wow, he's amazing. But when you don't really take care of yourself, then you're not really helping anybody. And that's kind of where it all came to like a big head. So I guess that just goes to show like we all have baggage regardless of like how well you grow up or how poorly you grew up. It doesn't really matter. I think that everyone over time develops some baggage, whether or not. And the cool thing that I think is, and what I respect about people, is people that are willing to acknowledge it and face it head on. Like I said this to you guys earlier on the trip, I was like, you can stand on the shore and look at a stormy sea and be like, oh, I'm glad I'm not out there. Or you can be on the ship in the middle of the sea being like, mm-hmm, I'm gonna get through this and I'm, it's gonna be shitty and it's gonna be really hard and I'm worried about a lot of things and I don't know how it's gonna turn out, but I'm not gonna stay on the shore because I gotta get to that other side somehow. So I'd rather go through it. I respect people that are willing to go through the stormy sea as opposed to just like play it safe and stay on the shore. Maybe some people know my backstory and you basically just laid out the same as mine, which is so awesome. And that's why it's meant a lot for me to get you here is that I know of, I love all my friends to death. And you know, we've talked about the ones that could kind of hang in this and the ones that couldn't, cause this is not for everybody. And that's not to be a slight on them, that this isn't an easy way to live. And of everybody that I probably know in my entire life, you are the one that I knew, like I had zero issues. I knew I didn't need a heater for you at night. If we ran out of water, you were cool. If we did ran out of food, you're good. If we have nothing to do, we can just sit here at camp and we'll have a great time. So it means a lot to me that you came out and it means a lot to me to do this podcast too because it's I basically have a mirror of myself to talk about these things and to be able to actually think about these things like on a medium where maybe somebody else in a similar situation to us, maybe even somebody as local as our hometown uh, can take something away from this. So that's super cool. You mentioned that you grew up the same way as I did and you know I my escape was to run away in my trailer I had a home as well at the same age as you at 30 and I sold it as well so what are you doing day to day to make yourself feel good about yourself and that doesn't necessarily mean living in a trailer but what are you doing that the average person can do living in a suburb to be living their truth to be living their life it's a, also a very <laughs> tough question. It's a great question. Do you mind if I crack one more beer? No, Is that many, cool? We have how many more here? Eight. We got eight beers. I'm really, it's, I'm still, I'm definitely trying to figure it out. I, I'm not, yeah, I'm really just trying to be more of myself and that's making me happy even though it's caused a lot of tension like between I think it's more in my head more probably than other people. I just think that I'm creating more tension because I'm just speaking my mind more and doing things that I want to do. Like, for instance, my job that I have now is finding antiques like the Canadian Pickers and American Pickers show. And, you know, that's totally against what I used to always do. It's more of a, you know, selfish thing. You're going out, you're finding products off people and you're trying to sell it for more money to make a living, which could be looked at as like kind of a selfish or greedy thing, but I can guarantee I'm not getting rich from it at all. But it's, it was a hobby of mine that I always enjoyed. So just trying to, to really simplify, simplify the life by not taking everyone's opinion and everyone's opinion is appreciated and, and it's valid. 
but I just feel like I, that there's more to life than the normal hamster wheel of the life that other people are living. And again, nothing, no offense to anyone else. I just am not there. I don't, I don't have that other person in my life to maybe want to have that standard nine to five job and security. I just want to kind of live right now on my own and do things for myself, like travel or do a trip or do things that used to make me happy. And like, and it's a risk, it's a huge risk. And I think if I didn't, you know, have security of a little bit of wealth from selling my house and from the rest of my life, then it would be a lot scarier. But right now I'm like, you know what, Pat, you need to do this right now, take risk and, and do it and just fail forward as many times as you need to. And I've definitely done that in the last year and a bit, made a lot of mistakes that have definitely been costly, but at the same time, I think they're, they're fail forward moments where it's, it's something where we don't know what we're, I don't know what exactly what I'm doing. So you just keep trying things and if it doesn't work, you're like, okay, well, I'm not gonna do that again. I don't know if that made any sense at all. Oh, it totally did. And that really rings true to me that we're all in different paths. We're all on different trajectories. I'm not far along. You're not far along, but no one's far along. And we take, oh, here comes a car. Hello. Hello. <laughs> we oh, take little things wave. from each other and, hi there. Hey. Oh, sorry. <laughs> we take little things, to, yeah, this is, we're sitting in the most awkward place possible. We take little things from each other and I, I love the fall forward thing. And that's a mantra I think would really help me in my life. And I don't, I've never really thought of it that way. And it's such an easy little quick little thing that really sums up a lot of my life. So thank you for that. <laughs> so we're in Texas. Let's yes, get back to Texas oh, for yeah. a second. Texas. So we've kind of oh, surmised yeah. our great. backgrounds that you and I are not from <laughs> anywhere like Texas. We're from Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and we find ourselves in the heart of Texas, about an hour from San Antonio and about two hours from Austin. So what's been your impression? You've never been to Texas before. This is my second year here. What's your take on Texas? Is it what you expected? Is it an easy place to start maybe? No, no, it's not. Like even landscape wise, I'm looking at a lake in hills in front of me right now. And like Texas to me, I was like, oh, it'll be like bales of hay rolling around in, in large ranches and, you know, a lot of guns and, you know, I guess there's just so many stereotypes about America that I just don't think are are as true. And the ones that are, are almost like comedic. Like, like they share guns. It's like, yeah, we own guns here, but that's just part of our culture. It's not to be, it's just, it's just, that's how they were brought up. They use it for hunting for the most part. And we've heard some stories and whatever about, about that, but I don't know. It's different than I thought, definitely. And... I would say the biggest thing that I've noticed is when we talk to individuals, because at, at the campground here, we're probably the youngest people by four, 30 to 40 years. Most people here are 70 or 80 years old. And what I find here is that elders are the champions. I don't, mm, I find that the elders are the champions of, of Texas from where we've been exposed to. Yeah, true. That's and, actually a really good point. I've never... Like, yeah, at home, we think of our elders like, we need to protect them. They need to be in homes. They need to be cared for. And it's like, here are these people. 
are running the show. They're either playing the music, like we've gone to a few music nights here where there's like seven or eight, 70 or 80 year olds playing country tunes. And at first, I think when we came in, they, <laughs> they looked at us like, yeah. these guys are trouble. We're the youngest people. I think maybe they thought we were maybe mocking them or, or gonna cause trouble. But after a few times of us going, they realized that we like music and we respect them. And the best thing about, and I think the thing that I'm saying is that they tell stories here. Like if you were to have a conversation with someone in Burlington or Toronto, everyone's in the biggest rush too, you know? And it's just the way that Burlington and Toronto is. It's, I gotta go to work, I gotta get home, I gotta get food on the table, I gotta watch my shows. Whereas here, <laughs> We've had conversations <laughs> that have lasted anywhere. If you start a conversation, you're in for a story. And the storytelling here is remarkable. And you're going to be in for a conversation that's anywhere from 45 minutes to three hours. And that's cool that there just is time to tell. And that the stories they tell are all kind of like based around family, their parents, their upbringing. And it's not really about current things. Like, I haven't really heard many stories about what's happening politically or anything like that. Oh, that's a good like point, I especially being in I the really heart of Texas. Yeah. Any, I haven't heard any of that. We've just had, like, solid conversations with people, and they have all the time in the world. So that's been nice, and it's kind of something that I regret that I don't, like, I have a grandma who's still alive and I, I definitely want to pick her brain more because like the stories that I've heard here are, are, are really awesome. And you know, this type of lifestyle is more of a throwback lifestyle and you just appreciate that people are living, living simple and, and just not kind of like uh, going with what the mainstream society is saying to do. And, you make a really good point that I'm really glad you brought up is living this lifestyle is hard in that every RV park you go to being 30 years old living this lifestyle, you feel like you need to prove yourself. And it's not in a negative way. It's because we are outnumbered nine to one, 10 to one um, with elderly people. And I have an elderly soul. Like I like to sit at home. I like to just hang out with my friends. I like to play. I'd rather play cards than, you know, paint the town red. That's just the way I am. Therefore, I can get along with maybe an elderly person. But every time you come into a new camp, there's a weird adjustment period. And I know that you've seen it. You brought it up. You know, we came to the first music session and everybody kind of looks where it's all 80 and 70 year olds playing music. And everybody looks at us like we're there making fun of them. But as we keep coming and as we keep genuinely cheering and genuinely interacting with these people, I think you can kind of see a guard come down. And I think you've seen this over two weeks, right, Pat? Yes. And <laughs> we have to do this every single time we move. We went to a honky-tonk last night and there was an 85-year-old woman dancing circles around all of the young people. Like, off of that... I don't know with you, but to me, going to some of these honky-tonks that we've gone to, it's the stuff from movies. Because we didn't grow up with, like, you know, we're from Toronto, Canada. We don't have honky-tonks. No, I remember last night we were in Green, Texas, which is a super small town, and we made a video that hopefully some of you might see at some point. But 
It's a dance hall from 1878, and we went last night, and there was a band playing from 6 to 10, and I was just saying, I'm like, I feel like I'm in a complete time warp. And sorry, like I said, you go out in Burlington, Toronto, it's all people who are 19 to 35 for the most part. You don't see older people. And here, like I said, it's just, they run that dance floor and the, the dance moves they had last night, I was like, I'm not going near that dance floor because I'm going to be embarrassed. And the clothing that, you wear, that they wear, it's like, oh, it's Texas. You know, people are like, you need to dress Texas when you go to Texas. And I'm like, oh, it's really expensive to dress Texas. But my God, they look way better than we do with all of our trying hard to, to look good and, you know. They don't mess around no. with the bolos and the Stetson and the cowboy boots. They're, well, I mean, we're Willie Nelson territory. There's a secret door in the back um, hallway called the Willie window where Willie Nelson sneaks in and out of this bar. <laughs> I mean, does that get any cooler than that? The culture in this state is so, um, what you see on TV, what you hear from your friends, what you're told to be like weary of is exactly what makes Texas great. They are fiercely Texas, but you know what? They're also fiercely sweet and kind and willing to share. Look at last night. We made a couple friends that were just like, Y'all welcome here anytime as winter Texans and like, come on, like they just, they want you to participate. That's what I've learned about Texas is they definitely have their own thing. They have their own style, but they want you to be a part of it. Pat's cracking another one. There you go. There you go. Holla. Holla. This is, and I don't mean to ask you this in an asshole way of people pressure you to do things. I, I mean it more in a conversational way, but is my lifestyle something that you would consider? Yeah, I mean it. It def it definitely has made me think about it. But I like I've mentioned to you and Eileen. It's like, well, you've got your filming. You know, Eileen's got her silversmithing. You guys are making money out on the road, and it's like for me, I'm like, well, I could do it, but I don't really have like a trade or anything that I that I don't think that I could really like sustain myself doing. And then also just a big fear of me and it's a big insecurity is just like the lonely like will I be lonely like because we I mean, most of these parks are older people and I'm like well how am I gonna like survive just like being on my own because being on my own has caused me a lot of like <laughs> issues in the past Amen to that. I'm super proud of being on my own and I and there's parts of being single and all that that I really do enjoy but ultimately like you always want to you want to share your life with somebody so that's the part where it's like I'm breaking the last year I've trying to be breaking away and it's like that's still in the back of my mind that's still like oh my god like it takes balls and courage to 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 take a leap of faith and go out on your own and be your own person because there's so much in so many people where it's like that's that I know that's not like happiness is is ultimately a shared experience but whether it's shared with friends new friends family I think it can be found in many different ways, but that's one thing that would be like maybe a concern for me to, to embark on this lifestyle right away. But at the same time, just going to these towns and doing the traveling is so amazing. Like it makes me feel alive again to, to go to new places where it's like at home, it's like, you know, you go to Niagara Falls, you go to Toronto, you go to Hamilton, you go to Burlington, you go out and it's like, it's fun, but it's it's the same, and it's like, well, 
what am I going to get out of this? You know, like, I don't know what I'm getting. I think I would get more out of doing something like this. And uh, it definitely has, it definitely makes me think more about, like, whether or not it's maybe not getting a trailer and doing something like you guys do, like totally embarking on it, but doing something different where I get to travel and get out of my comfort zone. And, but then there's the thought of like, well, you're just escaping reality. And it's like, that's also a thing. So there's so many like dichotomies where you're just like, oh, well, a, it's like a seesaw or it's a teeter totter. It's like, mm -hmm, that's good, but that's bad. Mm, that's good. That's bad. So. I'm kind of at a crossroads, basically. Yep, I hear that. That's one thing that's always been a problem for me is thinking, wow, this is so cool. I'm getting out and doing all these things, but am I just evading this other thing? And that's a whole podcast on its own. Um, but one thing you said there that I feel like I should kind of riff on is that we are, you know, you said us going to all these different places, seeing all these different things. And Eileen and I are so grateful to have you here because you forced us out of our comfort zone. Because our comfort zone is, you know, what you said is our strength. And I do agree that it's a strength that I have the hobby of making films. And Eileen has her silversmith work to do, which is definitely a strength because it keeps us on the road. And it, it's me having an artistic outlet. But at the same time... Eileen and I get stuck doing the same route across North America and staying in these camps. And if you weren't here for these two weeks, I could bet you $1 million that I don't have that we would have been in this camp the entire time except for the every three days that we go grocery shopping. <laughs> but you forced us to get out and see the Alamo, which was and incredible and if anyone ever talks shit about the Alamo again I will fight you because that's one of the best national monuments I've ever been to in either country totally free totally free and you can see everything read everything the Alamo's the shit you and I went and saw the Alamo we went and saw my favorite small town on the planet Green Texas which I lived an hour from last year never saw and we're also going to go see Austin tomorrow which is one of the coolest cities in North America what I'm trying to get across here is the grass is always greener. I mean, Eileen and I have a very cool life in that we get to travel North America 24-7. Very cool. But we all fall into our safety net, our comfort zone. Eileen and I get to our camps and we work our asses off, um, which people don't see behind the scenes, and people think we're just going to see, do sightseeing. Which leads me to my next question. Texas wasn't what you imagined. Was my lifestyle what you imagined? <laughs> Me peeing in a bucket the, no, and <laughs> the the how excited you guys get to go grocery shopping was not what I, I never saw that coming. I've never seen two people more excited <laughs> to go grocery shopping every three days than you guys. And like you guys go to the the, the hub, which here everything's better. It's my favorite. So all across America, there are pockets of grocery stores, and Texas has hub. Here everything's better. Herbert. Edward Butts or something, and it is my personal favorite. So yeah, and Heb is not a grocery store; it is a football <laughs> stadium. Like you could get in a golf cart and drive for 10, 15 minutes and not be through the store. Everything's but, bigger in Texas, Pat. No, it's uh, it's definitely not for like it. It is tough. You're you're peeing in buckets at the night, you know, and you're living in a trailer. Uh, you, I've noticed like I brought a suitcase full of clothes and I wore the same thing basically for. The first seven days I wore the, like I changed my boxers or whatever, but it 
it's just uh it's a wild kind of life you just you wake up you got to go to the to the communal showers and restroom and I don't know it, it wasn't what I I don't know it wasn't what I totally imagined I just like you could easily just wake up and spend your day at the campground and I didn't think that that was the lifestyle based on like you guys is like Instagram posts yep, and everything. I'm course. like, these guys are like, they're waking up and they're going, they're going sightseeing every day. Like they're making a point to find the coolest places and they're probably researching and, and even the videos you've posted of like the unique people that you come across. I'm like, how does he seek these people out? And it's like, you're not seek like you just are, you guys are existing and it's like your trailers are both 1970, but you two are both magnets. Like I've seen it in town and in camp like and even without your trailers like we've gone to town and you guys are magnets like people just they just want to talk to you and they want to it's kind of cool how you know everything on social media is kind of like I don't know a, far, a, a farce maybe or like you know but it isn't because it's just people are telling you what to do and then you just go off the leads naturally it's like yeah okay we're gonna go there because this person said that and then these people want to stay in touch with you and they're proud. Everyone's really proud of where they're from and the sense of place where they're from. So they want to give you the best experience while you are wherever you are. And I've only been in Texas, but I'm sure it rings true to, to everywhere you guys go that it's just like your magnets for attention. And at the same time, you've thanked me for coming and putting you guys out of your comfort zone. Like it's a trip where every other trip I've been on, there's always an agenda and an itinerary. And we've had a few, like, we want to go here this day. We want to go here that day. But it's been very loose in terms of like, let's just go with the flow and, you know, we got these plans these days, but it's it's just more like we're accommodating to each other and I don't feel like we've really stepped on each other's toes like at all, other than me dropping your camera lens a few <laughs> times because the zipper's been up on Yeah, that. I don't want to remember that. And that's on me, but I'm, anyways, let's forget about that. That is one of the coolest things. To be a magnet is so meaningful you know but i've always taken so much pride and this comes actually back to one of our high school friends jeff moore once said something to me um that main name means nothing to most people listening but it will for scott parkhill who i know will listen to this and pat doring but he once said to me the best athletes in the world all say the same thing they let the game come to them and i've been so lucky on the road with every single person i've taken a photograph of every single person i've made a film about they've all seemed to manifest to me in a way. And, you know, I consider myself an agnostic person with the universe and blood, we don't need to get into that, but the idea of the universe bringing me things, I think has been apparent in my life to me. And the fact that you've seen some of that really means a lot to me. So thank you for sharing. That's like the coolest thing ever, so thank you. And yeah, that's been really cool also um, of anyone I could ever be on this trip with that we haven't stepped on each other's toes. Um, we've been living in two 10 by seven boxes and it's been like, besides a drunken debate that we hugged after, like, you know, life is good. Like that's a good, that's a pretty good barometer of friendship that we were able to do this for two weeks. Absolutely. Uh, which leads me to, I'm gonna pee. I'm gonna okay. pee on, on camera, on mic. Oh boy. Oh, whoop. Am I supposed to wing it now? <laughs> Take it, Pat! Oh, he's still mic'd up. See, I don't know how this yeah, all I'm works. Yeah, I'm still mic'd, so but... He could still talk, I guess, which he's... But I am peeing, so I'm not gonna ask you the question yet. He's actually peeing into the wind, so I'm not sure if the wind's gonna blow it on him or not. Maybe not. I don't think it will. Whoa. 
But we went to this place called Arky Blues. And uh, some guy at uh, the music night had told us to go there from two to five because they have like musicians or whatever who come up and play. So we went down on two o'clock on a Saturday and we were told it was, oh, this is like not a regular Saturday. It's actually a really like private event. And we were like, oh, do you want us to leave? And they're like, no, but the gentleman who was like the star of the show, uh, Bob, had like stage four cancer and pretty much every amazing musician from San Antonio to Austin who knew this guy, and he was a legend, came and played, and we were like just honored to be part of it. And again, like it just showed like, man, are the older people way better at music than anyone else that we know? And it was so cool. And they thought it was cooler from Canada and that we even got to go into the guy's pickup truck and he played us an Arky Blues song that is nowhere on any internet or anywhere possible. And he let us go into his truck and he played this song for us. And, and Arky Blues played with Hank Williams. It doesn't get much cooler than that. And that, that whole event, we joked, we asked somebody, we said, does every single person in this bar know each other? And they, everybody that we asked that question to said, yes, every person in this bar knew each other, <laughs> except for these two guys from Toronto. And they like, they let us do everything. You know, they told us everything. They let us be part of everything. And we even like got to meet the gentleman who, who they were tributing. And he was like, oh, well, I would have kicked you out if they gave me the permission, but <laughs> he was just a beauty. So no, the whole, that, that, cool. that event really spoke to something that came up earlier of saying, Texas is very proud, it's very independent, it's very much its own thing, but at the same time, they just want you to participate. They want you to be a part of it. And if anyone's ever in the San Antonio area, Arky Blues is a must. Highlight, low light of your trip, Pat. Oh man. The town of Green, Texas is definitely the highlight. Just a, a remarkable, magical town that I would, would move to and stay there and exist simply. And I'd work at a bar and kayak down the river and be totally at peace. It is magical, straight up. Totally, I wouldn't even turn on a TV ever again in my life, I don't think, if I lived there. I'd just exist. But... Oldest dance hall in Texas. But this will come as a surprise to Reggie, because I haven't said this, but one of the guys who plays music for us, Kent, he told us a story of his dad uh, who was in the military getting deployed to Alaska. And he went on for about 45 minutes and he spoke about how his dad passed away. And I was almost in tears just listening to this man recite because he says, every time that I close a music show, I play this song, I'll fly away. And it was just one of the purest stories that I've ever heard and I was almost in tears just I don't know. It's it's something else to hear somebody stripped down speaking about someone who's who's obviously the, his dad and he was super close with. It. And it was just like, I'm like, why is he telling us this? Like, this guy looked at me the first time that I went into the music night as if like he didn't give me the time of day. He didn't want. He didn't. He obviously had notions that we shouldn't be there or whatever. But all we did that night was applaud and, and cheer and then he's a ranger at the park and I went to the bathroom and when I got back he he had started this story to, to Reggie Eileen. I don't know how the story started but it was probably the most 
touching and beautiful stories that went on for, again, about <laughs> 45 minutes. In typical Texan fashion. But I don't, know what it, I don't know what it was about it, but that was probably one of the highlights other than, than Green and the River Walk. At San, I mean, there's lots of highlights, but that was kind of like, oh, man, I need to remember that telling stories and remembering things about your past and being able to tell them to somebody else is way more important than, you know, the surface shit, like how many likes you get or, or all that stuff that apparently is important nowadays that really is not. I'm like, I want to be able to tell whomever I'm telling, what's my nieces or nephews or even my siblings or my parents. Like, I want to be able to recite a story like that. That His story was about 60 or 70, six, 50 or 60 years ago. It was 1959, I think he when said, When he was right? nine years old. Like, I want to be able to tell a story like that. Wow, so true. And that's what we're doing right now, which is really cool, because this is just storytelling. Yes, I still want you to go ahead and like and share. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but I see what you're getting at, absolutely. Times and, are different, obviously. And tonight is Pat's last night of listening to Kent play his music, and he's playing you a special song, right? Oh, <laughs> white sport coat and a pink carnation. That's my favorite thing about Texas is the music. Yeah. You know you're going to hear a Johnny Cash song. You know you're going to hear a Hank Williams song. You know, even though those two guys aren't from Texas, but they're going to play <laughs> that music. Last thing I'll ask you is one thing that often happens to me on the road, being from where we're from, and just me personally, I never really left home, is I'll sit there and have this kind of out-of-body experience and go, holy shit. I'm in the middle of Whitehorse Yukon standing on a mountain or holy shit, I'm in the middle of like the strip in Nashville, Tennessee living here. Holy shit, I'm in Texas. Did you have that moment at, at any point? Uh, the beer's starting to kick in, Pat. For you? Did you hear me slur my words? Yeah, kicking <laughs> in for me too. <laughs> Did you have that moment at any point? The one morning I woke up like at 7.30, like super early and you guys were still like, totally asleep for, for a couple more hours. I just grabbed my book, sat on the lounge chair, and I saw like the sun just moving. And I was like, <sighs> took a deep breath. And I was like, this is the first time in a while where it's like refreshing to be like, it just, it just was a total like, wow, I don't have to do anything. I don't have anything to do at all right now. But it was just nice to sit by myself and look around and be like, I'm glad that I did this because I couldn't feel this way unless I was by myself and, and somewhere else right now. I just, there's too many things that unfortunately just get in the way when you're somewhere else. And it's nice to just not bring your phone out and just leave it in the trailer and just sit and, and look. And even right now, to be honest with you, just looking out at the lake and seeing it shine and speaking from the heart is kind of like pretty, kind of a, kind of an out-of-body experience as well. It's pretty peaceful right now. That's the most beautiful ending possible. I'm not even going to do an outro. I will just cheers one of my best friends. Thank you for coming to Central Texas. You're a weirdo just like I am. Thanks, Pat. Yep. I love you, buddy. Love this you has too, been man. Amazing. I'm cheering oh, up. Hey -o. Thank you. Oh, hey -o. <laughs> Take a sip.
visit me at reggiefromtheroad.com. Music provided by Audio Network. Produced in association with Fifth Ground Entertainment. I'm Reggie Gray, and this has been Reggie from the Road. Reggie from the Road.